Now, with the latest from the world of technology, this is the Tech Guide Podcast with Stephen Fennick. Let's jump straight in. Tech Guide. This was a real effort to push into that growing consumer space, very competitive space in Australia. It does give the user plenty of options, whether you're working or viewing content on the device. Keeping you updated and educated. This is the Tech Guide Podcast. Knowing Apple, you just don't know what to expect. They've gone from taking an excellent device and they've made it even better. It's had a redesign inside and out. Now, from the studios of techguide.com.au, Stephen Fennick. Hello and welcome to Tech Guide, episode 164. This is the podcast that keeps you updated and educated about the latest consumer technology. Thanks for listening and thanks for downloading once again. And for all you first-timers, we're glad you found us. My name is Stephen Fennick. I'm the editor of techguide.com.au. On this week's show, Apple scores a costly court victory over Samsung. iOS 9 is available now for the iPhone, iPad and iPod Touch. And millennials, why they are at the most risk online. In the Tech Guide reviews, we're going to check out the Xperia Z4 tablet from Sony and SanDisk's new memory products. And we're going to finish the reviews off with the 3DR drone. And we're going to finish the entire podcast off with the Tech Guide help desk as we normally do. And it's all brought to you by Netgear, Australia's number one brand of home Wi-Fi products. And Norton, the company to help keep you and your family safe online. Lots to get through, so let's jump straight in. Well, it seems these constant court battles between Apple and Samsung are a never-ending story. Well, the latest victory goes to Apple, though, and in this case, it could be quite a costly victory indeed. Now, As I said, they've been going at it for years and years, and are probably going to continue to go at it for years and years. But this latest victory to Apple is the follow-up to a case where there were some patent disputes, one of them being the slide-to-unlock feature on the home screen. Now, previously, Apple had won this case and were awarded damages to be paid by Samsung. So nothing was going to change. Samsung were just going to pony up a whole bunch of money and they were going to continue. Well, Apple weren't really happy about that. Apple wanted to take that even further. They wanted to go for the all-out victory that would force Samsung to actually change their products. So uh, just last week, late last week, that victory is theirs. It came through the U.S. Appeals Court, and at the time, the court stated that Apple had the right to exclude competitors from using their own property which uh, they said was important. Now, what this means for Samsung is that they may be forced to change their devices so that the similar slide-to-unlock functionality in their future devices is completely removed. And that wasn't the only dispute. There were also patents around autocorrect and quick links that were part of that legal battle as well. So what does this mean for Samsung? Well, they've just released the Galaxy S6 Edge Plus, the Galaxy Note 5, and all have the slide-to-unlock feature on their screens. And Apple, being very competitive with Samsung, Samsung's the number one smartphone manufacturer in the world, and Apple naturally want to uh, narrow that gap and eventually take over, hence the reason why these two are fiercely battling against each other in court. Well, does it actually mean, though, that Samsung are going to have to reinvent that unlock mechanism? Are they going to have to redesign all those future devices? 
Well, the answer is, in the short term, no. Because have a guess what? Samsung has appealed the decision. So this battle is going to continue on and on and on. The lawyers are getting really rich. There's two big companies here, Samsung and Apple. Both have plenty in the coffers, and I'm sure the lawyers are just rubbing their hands together knowing that more of those companies' money is going to head their way. If you want to read that full story, you can do that at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. Alrighty, the other big news of the week, especially if you're an iPhone, iPad, an iPod Touch user, is the fact that iOS 9 is now available. This is the very latest operating system. You're going to see it on the brand new iPhones. They're going to be released later this week. The iPhone 6S and 6S Plus are going to come preloaded with iOS 9. Well, if you already have an iPhone or an iPad or the iPod Touch, the good news is you can update your device to the latest uh, software, this iOS 9 update. And the good news is it is free. Now, here's what you need to do. Now, you can do it two ways. You can do it over Wi-Fi, or you can connect your iPhone to your or your iPad to your computer. So going the computer way, if you have your, your cable, your lightning cable, so connect the cable to the phone USB uh, and the USB cable to the port on your computer, then fire up iTunes, and what you should see in iTunes is your phone in, in, uh, in the iTunes menu there across the top. And then what you need to do, once you do find that tab, there should be a look for updates button. And if you, uh, if you do have that update available, it will say so, and it will ask you, do you want to install? And you'll hit absolutely yes, and then that will go through the motions. It will, uh, it'll, uh, best thing to do though, first of all, create a backup of your phone, and then go through the iOS 9 update. In the unlikely event that something may go wrong with that update, best to have that backup on record as well. Now, if you decide to do it over Wi-Fi, now, I should warn people, this is a 1.3 gig download. So if you are going over Wi-Fi, make sure that you are going to be in that Wi-Fi network for some time. It's going to probably take between 20 minutes to make possibly up to half an hour to complete. So you want to be uh, making sure that you actually get you, you, you download the file and that it installs and restarts and does all that while you're within the confines of that Wi-Fi network. So if you are using Wi-Fi, so what you do on your device, you go to Settings, General, and then uh, in the General menu, there should be a, an area called Software Update. Once you hit the Software Update, it will then search. It'll look at your current, uh, your current version of your software and then go out and see if there's an update. And of course, there will be the iOS 9 update. And then you hit the magic button and then it will install. So what can we expect with iOS 9? Well, there's a few new features, actually. The first is a new news app. Now, usually uh, a lot of people, maybe they, they surf to various sites along on the web for their sports news, their entertainment news, their tech news. Hello, techguide.com.au, everybody. But the, what news does is it, is it compiles all of these sources. So you choose, once you open up the app for the first time, you choose all the different things that interest you, and then it will aggregate this into a news feed for you, sort of give you a magazine-type feel and allow you then to read all these latest headlines from the various areas that you're interested in. So uh, a great way to, to keep all of that content in the one place. Uh, the next new feature is Notes. The Notes uh, app has been completely 
completely redone. So rather than just you be able, able to type text, now you can actually draw pictures. You can you can make checklists. You can even add photos and also you can really dress up your notes and also access them across all of your Apple devices from iCloud. Siri is also smarter and has a new look. It has a similar look to when it's used on the Apple Watch. Uh, it's a little bit uh, more intelligent as well, so it's not just a glorified search engine. You can actually ask Siri to look for documents, photos, uh, and things like that. Maps have also been improved, so you can get a bit more detail about your surroundings. You can even uh, have uh, updates about, say, the, the, the in iOS 9, it will see your calendar, uh, your calendar notes, your calendar appointments, I should say, and it will note that if you uh, if you're in a certain part, it'll know your location. And if it sees that you haven't made your way to your next appointment, it will give you a warning to say, if you need, you want to make your appointment in the city, you better go now. Traffic uh, is, is light, so you'll need half an hour to get there. So it does add that kind of uh, information, that, that little personal assistant touch. In the multitasking department, now, this is something that I know all you Android users are going to say, well, we've had that on Android already. Samsung tablets does this already. You can now run two apps side by side on uh, iOS 9 as well. But what? What? Uh, stay tuned till uh, later in the podcast, in the help desk, we're going to actually look at a lot of the hidden features of iOS 9, some really interesting new features that you may not discover on your own. That's what I'm here for. I'd like to help. So if you want to read all about how to install iOS 9, you can uh, look at that at techguide.com.au. But if you want to hang around for the help desk later, I'm going to find, we're going to talk about a lot of hidden features of iOS 9 as well. Millennials, you know who you are. You're about 35 years or and younger, so you were born around the millennium. So why are you most at risk then of online threats? This is a study that was done by Norton, uh, the internet security company, around our online behaviour. Now, they know plenty of information about what happens online. They're, they're constantly on the lookout for the latest threats, and uh, all this information they compile, a lot of surveys they complete as well. And the alarming results of their latest survey showed that these millennials, those aged 35 and under, are at most risk of online threats. Now, what's strange about all this is the fact that these millennials should be, who, who, who arguably are the more tech-savvy of society, now, these are people who have known the internet most of their life, so they're kind of digital natives here. The internet has been something they've always had. So you'd think that the people with this tech this tech nous and uh, this affinity with the internet, this savvy use of the internet, would know better. Well, surprisingly, they don't. I think there's a lot of older users who know life, who knew life before the internet and have, have treated the internet quite cautiously. Millennials have as I said, have known the internet most of their life. They take it for granted. And their behavior uh, really sort of belies the fact that they are tech savvy and should know better. Now, things like sh oversharing information, uh, not having security on their devices, security on their home Wi-Fi networks, these are things that put people in danger. And millennials are, were found to have more of these, more of these faults attributed to them as well. An example was that uh, millennials, so the, the cybercrime reports from Norton says that millennials, 55% of them were affected by a virus, 26% by a phishing scam, 16% 
by identity theft and 14% by randomware. That's alarming figures. And the reason for that is that they don't take their privacy and security as, as seriously as other users. Now, that is a real concern. And those numbers are not are not very good at all uh, when it comes to the millennials. They're really putting themselves in danger. 72% of them don't have security on their devices. That's compared with 55% of Australians that are aged over 55. 52% didn't even have a password on their home wireless network. Now, that is alarming. Uh, Norton have come up with some ways that they can, uh, and t- tips for everyone, really, to stay safe online. You want to check them all out and read that complete story? You can do that at techguide.com.au. Tech Guide. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finnick. The Tech Guide podcast is proudly sponsored by Norton, the company that helps keep you and your family safe online. Now, parents, do you know what your kids are up to on the internet? A recent survey by internet security company Norton shows that almost three quarters of Australian parents are in the dark when it comes to knowing what their children are up to online. Are you one of these parents? Helping your kids grow up in the digital age of social media, online stranger danger, sexting, cyberbullying adds a new dimension to parenting. And Norton wants to help keep, give you the tools you need to open up the conversation with your kids about online safety. Norton Family is a free online service that lets you keep tabs on where your kids go, what they do, and what they see online to help them develop good online habits. To learn more and to start using Norton Family for free, visit norton.com forward slash au forward slash protecting kids. Tech Guide. Now, a Tech Guide review with Stephen Fennig. Okay, our first review comes from Sony. We are talking about the new Xperia Z4 tablet. Now, this is a 10-inch tablet. In fact, it's the world's thinnest and lightest 10-inch tablet. Now, Sony's Xperia range of tablets have always been uh, on the cutting edge in terms of design, thinner, lighter, waterproof even. Now, the, the latest, the Xperia Z4, is just 6.1 millimetres thick, weighs just 393 grams. So the Xperia Z4 is thin and light, and as I said, the world's thinnest and lightest 10-inch tablet. So uh, it really is something you can only appreciate when you get the device in your hand. It's uh, got stainless steel corners made of mineral glass. It is so thin and light. So it's not going to really, you're not going to even know it's in your bag. It's so thin and light. But under the hood, though, you see Sony have brought the best of their technology from across the Sony family. And I'm talking about excellent display technology. On this particular model is a 2K display with a resolution of 2560 by 1600. And it's this happens to be 40% brighter than the previous model as well. Uh, it also has uh, high-res audio capabilities also. So it does bring across those other features from Sony that have featured on other products. Now, on the performance side, we're talking under the hood here. The Xperia Z4 has a Qualcomm Snapdragon 810 
octa-core 64-bit processor. It is quite a mouthful, but you know what? You're going to be glad it's sitting under the hood there because this is the sort of device that could not only be used for entertainment, for viewing your content, you can also put it to work. That processor is also uh, delivers excellent graphics performance. So for that stunning 2K display, it does keep the video rolling along really, really nicely. Now, I did mention that this is a possible product for productivity. Uh, and with that in mind, Sony also has a, a Bluetooth keyboard accessory. The BKB50 uh, has a special slot for the Xperia tablet to fit, so it does turn the tablet into a lovely laptop. Uh, the keyboard has got a decent size. It's also got a trackpad as well, so you can turn this thin and light tablet into a laptop as well. So that you can install, say, Microsoft Office on there, all these other applications that can help you get some work done as well as watching your favorite content. Now, battery-wise, this is probably one of our favorite features of the device, apart from the great display uh, as well. Uh, the battery life is remarkable. Now, Sony says it can offer up to 17 hours of video playback. That's 17 hours straight of playing video. So if you're not playing video the whole time, that time's going to be even longer. You're talking two-day battery life, constant use. And we did put it to the test. So uh, we, we took it away with us. Uh, I'm still here in the US. I also took it over to Europe when I went to IFA. And both times I was so surprised, pleasantly surprised by how strong the battery was. Now, in the instance of us going Sydney to London, I watched video off the Xperia Z4 for probably half of the flight. It's a 24-hour flight, so that's a lot of viewing. When we arrived in London, we still had 30% of power left on the battery, which I think is pretty, pretty good. Now, on this latest trip, I've just arrived here in New York, uh, but we did fly from San Francisco here to JFK, and when we left San Francisco, it was fully charged, so 100%. And I spent the entire five and a half hours of the flight just one binging on West Wing episodes. So five and a half hours of viewing from 100% in San Francisco, landed in JFK, the battery was only down to 84%. So it used 12% after all that time. That is remarkable. Now, to demonstrate how thin it is as well, uh, on the plane, you, if anyone who sits possibly in business class, uh, in economy class, they also have a... a uh, a tablet, a tab, a, a sorry, a magazine slot. So uh, in in business class, they often have a magazine rack beside you in the seat, so that it's a very thin space. This is so thin that I could, I, I was able to push aside a couple of magazines and put the Xperia Z4 in there amongst the magazines. A really handy way to store uh, the tablet. It was actually thinner than that airline's in-flight magazine. That's just how thin this tablet is. Okay, a couple of things I didn't like. Uh, there were times, probably two or three times, where the product was unresponsive. I'd be pressing the power, power unlock button on the left-hand side and had nothing. Uh, it was a couple of minutes before anything happened. I don't know whether that had anything to do with the product maybe having pre-release pre software on board or or what, but it, it wasn't. Uh, it didn't happen all the time, but the times it did happen, it was quite frustrating. Another thing, too, uh, that I, I do applaud the fact there's a micro SD card slot on board here. But what I found using, using the native video player, uh, it couldn't keep up with the stream from the memory card. Now, I thought it might have been the memory card not being fast enough. Well, that's not the case. The video player, for some reason, playing video uh, off a memory card, again, the West Wing, the video would freeze. 
the audio would keep playing and then the video would catch up, which was a really frustrating way to watch any type of video. Well, this problem was solved when we installed a third-party video player, in this case VLC, and it worked very, very smoothly, very, very nicely. The Sony Xperia Z4 tablet, it's priced at $799, and if you want to read the complete review, you can do it at techguide.com.au. Keeping you updated and educated. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Fenwick. Tech Guide. Now, SanDisk, as you know, is a company that's been making memory for decades. This is a company, plenty of experience in the memory game, and they've come up with a new range of memory products. I'm going to take you through them right now. First one is the SanDisk Connect Wireless Stick. Now, this looks like a USB stick, a a normal USB thumb drive. Uh, There is a a normal USB uh, plug at the end. But this area is one major difference. This has Wi-Fi on board, so it creates its own little wireless network so you can stream content from the stick, whether it's uh, in your pocket, in your bag, can stream uh, to three devices simultaneously. So uh, it's got a built-in rechargeable battery. So have a guess how you charge it up. You plug it into the USB port on your computer, and it charges up. So no matter where it is, it's in your bag, it's in your pocket. You can stream your content from the, the SanDisk wireless stick, the Connect wireless stick. This is handy for those people who may not, uh, may not be able to afford the largest capacity Samsung device or iPhone. This does supplement their storage with uh, as well. So it's it's available in the 16, 32, 64, and 128 gig capacities, pricing from $49.95 to $179.95. Moving along to the memory micro SD memory cards from SanDisk. And SanDisk has actually included the world's first, introduced the world's first 200 gigabyte micro SD card. Now, these are those cards that are as small as your fingernail. So don't lose these things. They've got high capacity. They're not cheap. Uh, I think this is going to the 200 gig micro SD card is going to set you back about 300 bucks. So not the not the best thing to to drop on the carpet and roll over maybe with your chair. So keep an eye on this thing. It's going to store a lot of memory, uh, and it's going to, not going to be cheap. But make sure you look after it. But it's a remarkable technology that can fit 200 gigabytes into a memory card that's as thin uh, that's as small as the fingernail on your pinky finger. Amazing. The third and final product is the SanDisk Dual Flash Drive USB-C. Now, it's got a normal USB plug on one end and a USB-C plug on the other end. The world's first to do it. SanDisk uh, USB-C was first seen with the MacBook, the new MacBook. So there are going to be other next-generation devices that will have this. So what this allows you to do is 32 gigabytes on board. Uh, You'll be able to plug it into a regular computer, uh, download all your stuff, and then with a normal computer with a USB port, I should say. And then if you've got a USB-C device, then you can actually put, put, bring them across to your device. So if you maybe going from a, one type of computer to a MacBook, for example, you can transfer files on and off and easily share it, share your content, share data as well. The SanDisk memory products, if you want to see the full story, you can do it at techguide.com.au. <music> Now, the drones, we love the drones. There's another drone in town. It's the 3DR drone. Now, this is a drone with a bit of a difference, we have to say. Uh, This is more a, we've heard of the DJI Phantom drone. 
Now, this latest drone, the 3DR drone, which is from 3D Robotics, that's where it gets its name from, this is the next generation drone. They did have a bit of a launch last week where they uh, took off over Sydney Harbour. Now, this is the 3DR Solo drone that has computer-assisted flight and also computer-assisted camera control. So there's some onboard intelligence here that can help you capture certain shots, certain video angles, uh, can do circles around certain people, certain objects, uh, all pre-programmed through uh, the onboard, uh, the, uh, the through the controller, and also through the iOS and Android apps. It is uh, it is capable of running on both of those devices. There's also, of course, the dedicated controller that not only helps you fly the device, there are also some of those preset flight paths that I mentioned earlier. Uh, so the problem with the drone, anyone who owns a drone right now, especially the uh, the DJI Phantom, although the latest software update actually enables some of this automated flight as well, uh, the, the thing is that you've either got to be concentrating on the flying or concentrating on the filming. Uh, but with the, with the 3DR Solo, it lets you concentrate mainly on the filming, especially if you set it up on its own little flight path so you know where it's going to go. You can then control the camera and get those uh, shots that you want. For example, one, one built-in flight path is to capture a droney. For those who are, for the uninitiated, that's a, a selfie captured with a drone. And what it normally does, it films you close up and then flies away so you can see exactly where you are. The 3DR Solo can go ahead and do that. It flies off on its own to shoot that video. Uh, so the 3DR Solo drone, it's available now. It's going to be available from Harvey Norman and independent resellers, including our friends at Sphere. That's sphere.net.au. Hi to Jack and Paris from Sphere. Uh, they've been uh, really uh, helpful in supplying our review drones over the last few months. They will have the 3DR Solo drone as well. It's going to be priced, though. It's not cheap. Priced at $1,799.95. So uh, best uh, check that out. If you can afford it, look, it is, a, it is a professional quality drone. It's not a toy. So uh, you do if you're after a toy drone, you, this, this probably is not the product for you. But if you want to give this a try, I think you're not going to be disappointed. Check it out. Our full story is at techguide.com.au. This is Tech Guide with Stephen Finney. Tech Guide. Keeping you updated and educated. The Tech Guide podcast is also sponsored by Netgear, Australia's number one Wi-Fi brand. And Netgear has just introduced the first Nighthawk modem router. Netgear's newest addition to the Nighthawk family has landed, and it's the first modem router in this Nighthawk range. The Nighthawk D7000 will deliver AC Wi-Fi speeds of up to 1,900 megabits per second and supports both ADSL and VDSL connections. VDSL is one of those new technologies being utilised for the NBN. So upgrading to the D7000 will future-proof your network. Enjoy smooth video and music streaming and eliminate lag when online gaming with the Nighthawk. So if you want super-fast Wi-Fi speeds and ultimate Wi-Fi range for your home, check out the new Nighthawk modem router from Netgear. Search D7000 at netgear.com.au. Now, answering all your tech questions, the Tech Guide Help Desk. Okay, our Tech Guide help desk, we're going to be talking more about iOS 9. Now, 
Uh, we've had great responses from our stories. Whenever we, need to, whenever we do these hidden feature stories from these new iOS updates, and the latest update is iOS 9. Now, earlier I did spoke about the top-line features that you'll find, uh, new, news, uh, new news app, there's notes, there's multitasking, improved maps, improved Siri, all of these top-line features that you already know about. Well, I'm here to tell you about some hidden features that you may not find on your own. So that's why I'm here to guide you through them. First up, there is a new back button. Now, I'm not talking a back physical button. If ever you've been taken out of one app to another, look in the top left-hand corner and there'll be a back button that will take you back to the previous app. So for example, you may have been in Mail uh, you've clicked on a link in Mail and then open up the browser. Now, you'll see the, the page that, that, that you are linked to. Now, if you look in the top left corner, there'll be an arrow, a back button saying back to Mail. So if you've come out of one app into another, it is really simple process to go back to the app you were using. Previously, you had to hit the home button, find the app you were using and hope that you were right where you left off. That is the new back button. Uh, a new a new improvement is to the keyboard. Now, one frustration for me, and I'm sure plenty of you can relate to this, is that sometimes the you never know whether you're in caps or lowercase. The old keyboard, all the letters were in caps the whole time. So you really had to look at the, the condition of your shift key and work out whether you were actually in caps or not. Well, the new keyboard, now uh, the shift key actually changes the case on all the keys. So... If you're looking at all the keys and they're in lowercase, then, hey, you're in lowercase. Once you hit the shift key and all the keys go into caps, well, guess what? You're in caps. Really cool. Now, uh, moving on, there's also a new low power mode. For those of you who hit 20% battery, you only get a warning previously. Now, there's the option of switching to low power mode. Now, what happens here? The iPhone conserves power, so it limits network activity. It, it only lets you fetch mail manually. Background app refreshes and downloads are disabled. Motion and brightness are reduced. Networking speed might also be reduced, all to give you more battery time. So this could squeeze out an hour or two of extra battery. So no panicking if you're on 10%, hit low power mode, or even 20%, low power mode will get you through while we're on the battery. There is also ways of checking what apps are hogging your battery. So this is a really, really good uh, section of the settings to check out because there are some apps that are pretty, uh, that are pretty, uh, they're power hungry. So they're hogging up all that power. Uh, this is a great way for you to check out what sort of activity you're getting from your your apps and to see which one is running your battery down the fastest. Uh, while you're in the settings, we should talk about settings being searchable now. So there have been many occasions where maybe someone suggested changing a certain setting and you never know sometimes where to look. You may go down one path and not find. You've got to come all the way back out again and try to get down another menu path with the searchable settings. Just type in the setting you're looking for and it will get you there straight away. New feature also is pictures with your messages, contact photos in messages. So you see your friends' pictures as well as their names in your message list. You can also have the iCloud access, which becomes a little bit easier in iOS 9. Uh, but with iCloud, you can also have access to your iCloud drive. But you can also show the iCloud icon on your home screen as well. That's another cool new feature. For those selfie lovers, and who doesn't love a selfie? You'll find in the photo albums, there is a dedicated folder just for selfies. And you don't have to put them in there yourself. The phone or iPad is smart enough to know when you've taken a selfie 
of course, because that's taken from the front camera. So they'll all go through to uh, the selfie folder. Uh, on the iPad, a couple of cool features. One is using the keyboard as a trackpad. So once you put your two fingers together on the keyboard, the keys disappear and you're given a nice, a nice area to use as a trackpad, similar as you would on a laptop. The other iPad feature is the picture-in-picture -picture video mode. This is a cool feature because sometimes someone who say you want to watch a video uh, and you want to do you want to use another app. Uh, well, previously you couldn't do that. You could either watch the video uh, and just do that. Uh, if you need to do something else, you had to come out of the video and then go to the other app. Well, now you can now float that video anywhere on the home screen. So. You uh, tap on a little picture-in-picture picture button. It looks like a square within a square. And that will then float the window on top of your home page. And you can move that around anywhere you like, open up other apps, go about your other, your other work, and still have that video playing online. They are the hidden features of iOS 9. And if you want to check them out, you can find them at techguide.com.au. And that's our show for this week. You can read all about everything we've talked about, of course, at techguide.com.au. And if you want to get in touch, email us at info at techguide.com.au. A special thanks to our sponsors, Netgear, the brand you can trust for all your Wi-Fi needs, and Norton, the company that can help keep you and your family safe online. Thanks for listening. been great having you with us once again. We look forward to you joining us again next week. So until then, as we always say, stay safe and stay connected.